Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs, producers, and industry professionals from around the world. I'm your host, Darren, and right now we're sitting at Fosbury & Sons in the heart of Amsterdam for ADE. And right now, sitting on the couch with me, we have Ross Harper. Ross, how's it going today? Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's been a good day. Yeah, I noticed you were getting to check out a little bit of the festivities going on behind us in the other rooms. Oh, yeah. And you were saying, who was playing over there? Oh, Jennifer Cardini. Jennifer Cardini. Yeah. Uh, are you a fan? Oh, a big following? fan of Jennifer. Wow, she's super talented. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I wish I was out there getting to have some of the fun, but we're in here doing interviews with everyone. And I love doing interviews. That's what we're here to do at ADE. What brings you to ADE this year? I'm um, promoting a forthcoming album, mm -hmm. the Dark album. Is it dark? Ah, no, tell us a little bit about it. Okay. But uh, yeah. what was the thoughts? What, would, what was the process behind making this album? Right. Well, my roots are in the '90s London scene, okay. so the birth of the kind of techno movement. Um, and after that, I um, spent time. Um, I kind of dedicated my life to electronic music. So I spent like five years learning music production, and then. Um, started a record label called City Wall Records uh, but I was never really content with um, the scene I found quite empty at times and so I became kind of very introverted and the Dark album came out of maybe like seven years of introversion so I called it the Dark album because it reflects that kind of deep introspection um, and a time when I pulled away from the mainstream and um, from listening to other artists, listening to people like Jennifer Cardini and really just explored trying to create a sound that was true to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I called it the Dark Album to reflect the introspective nature of the sound um, and then also um, some of the stories that, um, that came as part of um, uh, the inspiration behind the album so there's a kind of a thread relating to um, uh, ancient astro-religious sites in um, the Egyptian desert funnily enough a place called Napta Playa um, so there's this kind of like a deep theme to the music as well right so it's it's got a, a kind of dance energy but also a deep energy and did you start just going out in the 90s or did you start DJing in the 90s? I was partying in the 90s. Okay, partying in the 90s. Yeah. I was partying a lot in the 90s yeah. too, in the 2000s. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when did you start DJing and, and what was the evolution of your career as a DJ like? like you did kind of explain a little bit about sure. that. Hey, you kind of yeah. went introvert and kind of left That's the it. scene because, of, you know, that is something that I think a lot of people deal with in music culture that they rise to a certain point. Right. And maybe the scene they're in, it just there isn't the next step. Yes. You know, yeah. what do you do to get to that next step? Sure. Especially in this day and age when you have to take into account a lot of promoters out there use social media numbers right. yes. as a promo tool. You could yes. be a phenomenal artist in your hometown, top of the game. Yeah. But if you don't have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, yeah, you can't get booked out of your own city. Absolutely. Because they don't think you have any influence. Absolutely. And they're not going to draw a crowd. You're not going to sell any tickets. I think one of the big topics of conversation here at ADE this year is, you know, how the landscape is changing uh, and how do you stay afloat or what's the second 
oh, I don't want to say second coming, but what's that that next? What what's on the lookout for the future of music and live events? Right. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot of people are booking what I would almost say is hyper local. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so. that's really that's an interesting thread, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, in my own trajectory, I um, I was actually promoting parties in the late '90s. So I went from someone who was enjoying parties to someone who promoted their own parties, and that they became quite successful on a local level, filling out local clubs. And then I just had this kind of like hunger inside of me to go deeper with it. Right, I was just not satisfied with. Mm-hmm kind of dance not just like dancing i love dancing promoting parties i loved it but it, it wasn't satisfying me so that was when i embarked on this five years of um, music production um, and then i got heavily involved in running my label city Wall records and doing a lot of mastering of other people's music and always producing my own music but very much kind of like i guess servant-heartedly um, doing the mastering and um, the admin on releasing other people's music. And then it was just like, boom, in kind of November 2019, I just had this kind of um, moment where it was like, right, now it's time for you to start DJing, right? Now, now is now, 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 go forth and do it, right? <laughs> I've been doing a, I've been doing a DJ show for 13 years. Been nightclubbing for 30 years. I've never learned how to DJ on gear. I have a resident crew of about 20 DJs that I work with, and thousands of interviews. But I've never learned how to DJ. Right. Although, if you go to our website, I kind of, I play a DJ on live streams. Uh-huh. It's an internal joke, but, but, um, what made you? I mean, you just said, okay, now I'm going to start DJing. Sure. But um, I wanted to ask you though, going back to your label, City yeah. Wall. Yeah. Um, is is it just you on the label, or do you work with other artists and release release other artists on the label as well? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's um, I release other artists, and I it's it's like super independent. Um, or, or it has been super independent, and. Um, very much a kind of platform for artists to develop so artists will come to me they'll share their music with me Um, if I feel there's something in the music that resonates with me then I'll um, help them release it and also uh, it kind of gives them a foothold to then go to other labels and so it's very much an artist development label and yeah I mean we've had some amazing successes with the label uh, tracks played on boiler room sets that are now like a million plus uh, plays and so yeah there's been satisfaction from that and um, and it's kind of helped me to really get close to the music yeah um, as a label owner I want to ask you this because we're getting ready to start our own label here mm. at the DJ sessions and we can't we just know that we're going to start a label we haven't chosen if we're going to open it up to the general public if we're going to only produce in-house what sound we're going to be what is one, if somebody's looking to start a label and they want to work as a collective with other people, what's the one thing they should pay attention to the most? You said, I think you used the term resonates or uh, it's something that really gets you that you'll, you'll bring it onto your label. Is that, sure. is that a tra- something that's trained or is that something you say, I like that, I want to put it on my label? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say to make sure if you're if it's your label and you're doing the a and r for the label to make sure that you're not just following a fashion and to make sure that you're um 
signing music that you feel is exciting okay and is um, and it's speaking to you because the danger of just following a fad you know so there might be a certain style of music that's that's working um, you can do that for maybe two or three years and what you'll find then is that fad goes away right and suddenly your label is just like old news and uh, generic and it's like oh we built a whole label on tech house being uh, exciting and now all we've got is a back catalogue of tech house um, so to, to kind of work with an artist and work with individuals as artists and then you'll build a back catalogue of kind of like true depth and quality mm -hmm. and that's far more likely to be worth something in 10, 20 years time than a load of uh, loops or generic loop based tracks mm -hmm. that sound the same as everyone else's right mm -hmm. so Ross what's your take on ghost producing Oh, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, I recently actually got asked to be a ghost producer. Um, Charlotte DeWitty, the techno DJ, um, fed back on one of my tracks and she said it was beautiful. And so uh, someone picked up on that in a, who manages another artist and they were like, oh, do you want to do a collab? And I was like, oh, yeah, collab sounds great. And then the next question is, will you be a ghost producer? And I was like, I didn't reply straight away. I, I really thought about it, right? Because I knew, you know, they represented an artist that would, you know, it could possibly be a, a, a way into something. But then I just felt, look, I'm not comfortable with this, right? And I think, again, it comes back to longevity. And if I was to ghost produce a track and sign some agreement that says I can never admit that this track is mine and okay in the short term that might be quite cool right but in the long term that track you know wouldn't would never be part of my catalog you know and and, and people would then look back and um and it would be it would be yeah like dust right it would be so it just didn't feel right so i went back i said look you know happy to do a collab happy to even be like the producer right where their name goes on the track, but I get credited as the person who who did the um, the production. And you know, like in the pop industry, you get this a lot, where a dance music producer will hit a certain vein of quality, and then the pop industry will pick up on it, like Madonna or someone like that. And then the producer will be brought in to produce a whole album for that for that artist to make sure that they've got a sound that's exciting. So I was like, you know, yeah, I'll be I'll be the uh, I'm happy to kind of work in that kind of vein, but then they never got back to me. So, <laughs> so Ross, what is your take on AI, artificial intelligence in the music industry? You hear about it making its way in artwork nowadays, and how soon is it going to be before somebody can just say, dark, techno, 132 or 135, and it's going to make a track, and somebody's going to publish it, and then it's going to become a Beatport number one hit. For sure. You know, I mean, it's right around the corner, right? Of course it is. Is that any different than ghost producing? Hey, I mean, that is that is like essentially ghost producing, isn't it? You know, and and I produce, um, I put out a radio show. It's called House and Techno with Heart and Soul. Okay. And I think, you know, what, what you've just described there, that's never going to make it onto my show, right? Because immediately I'm going to hear it and I'm going to be like, it's got no soul, it's got no heart. It's not going to make it onto my show. So I suppose the job of the DJ will then be to listen to tracks and say, right, there's something, there's a feeling in here. There's something in here 
that I need to share. Yeah. And that essentially is the role of the DJ. So mm -hmm. yeah, I can see it. I see exactly what you're saying. Like some of that artwork's incredible that people, I got a friend, he was playing with it, publishing them on Facebook where it's like, wow, that's like sci-fi art and it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all AI. Yeah. So it will, it will happen. But I think the job of the DJ will then be to, to sift through all of that as it is now with the ghost producing and the loop based mm -hmm. stuff and, you know, to sift through it all and, look for the, the the kind of true essence until they can say heart and soul yeah <laughs> and ai it. makes the heart and soul go in it you know russ thank you so much for coming on the dj sessions today is there anything you want to let our dj sessions fans know about before we let you go mm, i think my i think i, I want to just make a point about diversity in the industry because um in these kind of dark years where this album came from Part of the reason I fell so far back from the scene was it was because the scene became so uh, led by male white artists. And I remember I was at the gym just a couple of weeks ago and someone um, in front of me was wearing a hoodie for Global Gathering 2011, I think it was, right? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's like a little bit of history now. And I was like, I look at all the names on this shirt in every arena every single artist was a man there wasn't one woman in like nine arenas right mm. now i don't know what their what what backgrounds they were all from but certainly the rise of the female artist in the industry in the last kind of five five years mm -hmm. has really really helped me as a male white artist mm. right because i personally have a deep resonance with the feminine energy and that kind of creative spirit and I felt that got sucked so far out of the industry, kind of from kind of 2000 to 2014, it almost became like a black hole, right? Where, where a male dominative energy had really got its hands on the throat of the creativity of it. And so I just want to celebrate diversity <laughs> with the industry. Also throwing back to black artists who, people like Jeff Mills, Derek May, who kind of born techno was born out of these guys right and then it's kind of again being the, the kind of white male energy really got its hands on it right for, for quite a long time and now we're seeing um, radio stations like refuge worldwide in berlin the black artist database uh, really kind of like bringing uh, cultural diversity to the forefront again so we're in a super exciting time for electronic music and uh, for me, as a white artist, actually, this diversity really helps me, right? really helps mm -hmm. me, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for all of that, and thank you for coming on the DJ Sessions today. Where can people find out more information about you, about the Dark Album, social, everything? Where's the best place to go? Oh, that's super simple. Uh, <laughs> so, Ross Harper, R-O-S-S-H-A-R-P-E-R dot X-Y-Z. X-Y-Z. I have not heard a lot of people use that .xyz for, for ever, really. Yeah, That's a really yeah. good one. I picked it up from a Berlin artist. I just love the, the finality of it, right? It's the, the, end, of the, the end of the alphabet. <laughs> Absolutely. Ross, well, thank you so much for coming on the show this afternoon at ADE. And I, don't, I take it this is not your first one. No, this is my first day. Really? Yeah, this is my first day to you. It's yeah. ours as well. We're having a great time. We're going to let you get out to the party. It's beautiful, yeah. It is yeah. amazing. And we're looking forward to all the artists and the shows and everything coming up. Mm. Had a really busy schedule. So, yeah. like I said, we're going to let you get back out yeah. to DJs and partying out there. Well, thank you so much for um, 
inviting me to answer a few questions. Absolutely, Ross. We will follow up with you again because we're going to, Dark Album is going to come out. We want to talk to you about it after it comes out, after it releases. You. You're very welcome. On that note, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Meta, all the places out there, even in the metaverse, at our VR nightclubs and alt space. Be sure to go to the site and download our mobile app because we have live interviews, exclusive mixes, hundreds of news stories every month, and more at thedjsessions.com. This is Ross Harper. I'm Darren, coming to you from Fosbury Sons at 80 in Amsterdam. And remember, on the DJ Sessions, the music never stops.